Long. Way outside for the three. It's good. He got it. It's good. Season for Texas, they finished 34 and 0. The number one ranked team from beginning to end, winning their first NCAA championship. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Texas 24 podcast on the Dave Campbell's Podcast Network. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, we have our own postseason awards to hand out. It's the yep. first annual. I was thinking of like a like a like an abbreviation. You know how they're like, you know, you put a name after something. So I was like the Davies or something like that. <laughs> right. right. Uh, but the first annual Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball Awards uh, that the audience can't see, but we are both in suits, obviously. Yep. And um, we're ready. Stars to are all out. out. Hand out some hardware, man. I'm. Let's do it. Let's do it. Oh, but first, uh, I do want to say, uh, recording this the day, the day after WNBA draft. Um, first round went pretty. I don't want to say pretty chalky, but as far as like Texas players go, I'd say pretty chalky. Alyssa uh, Smith went second. Indiana Fever and Queen Agbo from Baylor went tenth to the Fever. Uh, also to the Fever, actually. So you're going to reunite that backcourt. I don't know. If, I don't know if that was a trade or not. I don't think that was a trade. But they'll be both in Indiana. So, yeah, um, that was interesting. And then um, I'm trying to think. I don't remember if there are any more. We were we had it. So I went to real quick. I went to the LSU uh, women's basketball banquet. They invited me, so I went to it. Hmm. And then everybody had on their phones the women's draft because they yeah. schedule at the same time, scheduling issues. And right. um, so yeah, we were watching, waiting for Kayla Pointer, the LSU point guard, to get taken. She got picked 13th. So mm-hmm. that's why I was keeping up with it um, while I was there last night. Yes. So, um, yeah, well, I'm with, there's other news we could get to. Kendrick Davis in the portal. Um, I mean, who knows if he'll go pro. I mean, we had for this, we had a Kendrick Davis award for player mm-hmm. most likely to go to the NBA <laughs> multiple times. But I just, we just, we just scrapped it at the end of the day. It's like, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um oh and uh jordan lewis sorry jordan lewis was taken by the connecticut sun uh second round i believe i think that was the last one there you go so, yeah. um but yeah we have five men's awards four women's awards and then three team awards um obviously these are going to be fun uh that's kind of the spirit of them because if you listen to our last podcast um it was obviously the official dave campbell's texas basketball you know first team all texas second team all texas all the accolades and awards so check that out if you're looking for the serious breakdown of who the best players in texas were um i don't think any of those players besides maybe one or two are winners today but we'll have to see (laughs) but i let's start with the men let's start with the men and let's start with the reggie miller award we came up with this one a few weeks ago. Uh, this goes to the best defensive player under six foot two. The can the is it candidates? Is yes. it no? Is that what they say in award shows? Or nominees, I guess. Nominees. That's there, yeah. The nominees are. <laughs> You're gonna be all formal with this. Damian Daniels, Abilene Christian, Jalen Jackson, and M Corpus Christi, Reggie Miller, of course, from Abilene Christian, JJ Murray from University of North Texas, and Jamal Shedd from Houston. The winner 
is JJ Murray from University of North Texas for the Reggie Miller Award. Round of applause for him. Uh, what 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 went into this for us? Uh, for me, and I, I highlighted and then sent it to you. Oh, I didn't even, and then you didn't. You, you didn't, didn't, didn't send it. You didn't. I, I emailed it to you. I emailed it to you. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes, I'm looking at the text. My bad. <laughs> I emailed it to you. You didn't even look at who's winning. This is doesn't even care who's winning these awards. Uh, I pick. I picked JJ Murray because North Texas is uh, was a top twenty defense in the country, and mm-hmm. he was one of the best defenders on that team. He was one of the best defenders in Conference USA. And while Reggie Miller was obviously a great defender in his own right and embodies this award, who it's named after, uh, Abilene Christian's defense fell off a bit this year. Mm-hmm. Fell off. I think they finished about 120 in Kim Palm. And so it was a little bit of a disappointment there. Uh, I, th- I considered Jalen Jackson for this one. I thought he was very, very good and important to Corpus Christi. So um, all worthy candidates for the Reggie Miller Award. Uh, but we went with uh, J.J. Murray. Yeah, I think the, you know, you might look at this and be like, how did Reggie Miller not win? This is more about Reggie Miller's kind of career almost, right? So like, yeah. you know, obviously it's rough to not give him this award. This If we did it last year, he wins easily. Because yes. because um, he was the any other year any other year I was about to say, yeah any other year he Miller wins this easily and so instead of uh, unfortunately instead of giving him the award we're just going to name it after him as kind of his recognition uh, because yeah like he said ACU's defense kind of fell off a bit this year um, not his fault obviously but uh, but still JJ Murray I mean I I don't got any issues with that we'll, we'll, we'll kind of have another chance to kind of show why he's another reason to show why he's as valuable as he is uh later on yeah um i'm just i'm just you know reggie if you're listening to this the award's named after you so for years to come i think that's the real award that's the real um, award man in the end all right next we have the mark vital award the player right, this one we actually came up with like in like beginning of the season yes. um you can go ahead and explain it but i think this was like the first award we came up with yes yes uh, this is the player most likely to try out as an NFL tight end <laughs> in honor of Mark Vidal uh, playing tight end with the Chiefs. I, didn't, I think he, he might be on their like actual roster. I have no idea, but he was, he has, he was there. He has a roster a photo. Yeah, he's tweeting. I mean, he tweeted at like Patrick Mahomes like 10 times. I mean, he's making sure everybody knows he is on the Chiefs. Yeah. Uh, so that is the Mark Vidal Award. He signed, uh, according to Wikipedia at least, he signed a futures contract in February, so. There you go. So shout out Mark Vidal. All right. Who's, who's the most likely to try out as an NFL tight end here? This one, this one was interesting because, you know, the nominees, let's go through the nominees, KJ Allen of Texas tech, Marco Santos Silva of Texas tech, Arian Simmons of ACU, Marcus Weathers of SMU and Savion flag of Sam Houston. Savion flag was a late addition. He was really good late addition because he really could kind of embodies that Mark vital style of, of, uh, of basketball and, and kind of, uh, that build, I should say. Yeah. But well, Marcus Weathers, Marcus Weathers to me has everything you want from a modern tight end because of the way he put one, he played center a lot of the time for SMU and he was an undersized center, but he's like that perfect, Perfect size of like six 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 five, over two hundred, mm-hmm. fast enough to where you're like, oh, that guy could really give some linebackers some tr- trouble. I don't know, man. And, and you know, playing center at, at D one that level, like 
he can he can he can get involved in some physicality. So like I saw Marcus Weathers and I'm like, give uh give the Cowboys a call. You never know. You yeah. never know. I Set think up a workout. Marcus Weathers and Savion Flag are the only ones that I think have the speed of this group to to, yeah. to hang up with it. Like Santos Silva, Allen, Simmons are all a little a little heftier, I think right, is right. a way, way to put it. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I'm not sure they could uh, – they might be more blocking tight ends, you know. They, they yeah, yeah. inline in in tight ends. Yeah, inline tight ends. They, they might not uh, get out and catch passes. But yeah, congratulations list, list, to Marcus Weathers. They list Marcus the Weathers as 6'5", 215. So that's, that is perfect size for me. Excellent. Excellent. That's a franchise so, tight end right there. Exactly. Next, we have the Kevin Durant Award. For best NBA prospect, and this one was was tough as far as organizing the group. Not at the top, but then when you got down to the bottom, it was like all right, there's a few guys who like could be in the NBA. Mm-hmm. You know, trying to figure that out. The nominees are Kendall Brown from Baylor, Kendrick Davis SMU, Mike Miles TCU, Matthew Mayer from Baylor, and Jeremy Sohan from Baylor. The winner is Kendall Brown from Baylor uh now I've seen a lot of mock drafts or uh, big boards rather that have Jeremy Sohan as right there with Kendall Brown if not above Kendall Brown I believe Kevin O'Connor has him above Kendall Brown but for the most part Kendall Brown is the consensus you know best player from Texas in this draft and so I I think he's going to be a better pro or NBA prospect uh we'll have to see it all come together obviously they're both very similar but that's why uh, we went with Kendall Brown for this one. Yeah, if you would have asked me at the beginning of the year, probably would have went with Matthew Mayer yeah. um, because he had obviously last year playing on last year's team helps, and he kind of had that prototypical three and D. You know, he's six nine, he can shoot. Um, he kind of has that prototypical three and D build. But you know, he kind of he struggled a little bit this year. Shooting fell off a bit when he became more of a primary option, um, and I think that. I think to me, what separates Kendall Brown from Jeremy Sohan is I can see Kendall Brown handling a little bit on the break. Mm-hmm. And so like, to me, I, I think Jeremy Sohan is more of a finisher. I think he's, he's pretty, he's really good. Don't get me wrong. Both of them are kind of in the mo in the ideal set. I think both of them are very similar players, like a lot of raw talent, a lot of defense, um, a lot of length athleticism. And so you're kind of working to refine both of their games. But I think that when you look at Kendall Brown, at least in my opinion, I think you see a, a guy who's more able to handle the ball, move with the ball off the dribble. Um, obviously, they're not going to be that right out of right out of college, but um, on a fast break, on whatever, I can see Kendall Brown maybe working, you know, kind of blowing through a two a two v one or something and finishing mm-hmm. at the rim. Yeah, no, definitely. So, congratulations, Kendall Brown, on the Kevin Durant Award. Uh, next, we have the most defined role player. This is this was this was fun. This was interesting yes. one for me. And we have five candidates here, all of which I think are very, very, very defined. Like this isn't just sixth man of the year. This isn't just best role player. This is most defined role player. Do you want to go through the nominees? Because I can't say the first name. Uh, I was trying to. I was. I was trying to. Uh... Keo Dorishi, Akumbondu, Ehuiji, Ehuju, whatever it is. Uh, UT Arlington. The, the pronunciation got from UTS, UTA up <laughs> while you were talking. <laughs> yeah, they probably have it. Just put it. Get, you should get on your phone and just put it up to the mic. <laughs> I know, right? Just Keodorishi. I think I got it. Keodorishi, Akubondo, Ehuju, UT Arlington, 
Brock Cunningham from Texas, Jace Fevers from Texas, Bryce Long, Houston Baptist, and Jawan Roberts from Houston. The winner is Brock Cunningham from Texas. Who else could it be? Who else? Like this guy, you throw him out there. He needs some defense. You need, honestly, the, we ripped him for what they did against Purdue, but you got the line of thinking, yeah. right? Where you're like, we're just going to, fr- we're going to try to frustrate Travion Williams. We're just kind of try. obviously he didn't have the frame to match up with him, but you got the idea. Normally, if you're not playing somebody who averages 20 points a game, like Travion Williams was, you could throw Brock Cunningham on a random center. And he's like, why is this guy, why can't I move this guy? Why is mm-hmm. he in my face? Why is his hand swiping at the ball? Why is he punching me every time why? I get the ball? <laughs> right? Like why? Basically. <laughs> and not getting it, called for it. <laughs> happening. Here. Basically, Brock Cunningham is the perfect Swiss army knife for just whatever you need on defense. You need better rebounding. Sure, he's going to get you random boards because he's going to out-jump somebody or out-hustle somebody. You need somebody to fight the passing lane. Sure, you need somebody who's just going to take a beating and take somebody one-on-one or, you know, defend somebody one-on-one and not get tired. That's Brock Cunningham. So uh, this one was an easy one. Um, The most defined role player because you can't watch any team in the state and not look at Brock Cunningham and be like, you do one thing and you are very much good at that thing. And you're just going to stick to that thing. Um, for people who doubted, you know, kind of what he provides. I think the fact that Chris Beard looked at him as that player right after Shaka Smart did mm-hmm. was like, okay, that should be a guarantee. It's like, oh no, the people, coaches love this guy and they love, they love him for a reason. Exactly. Uh, quick shot to the other nominees here. Uh, Keo Dorishi from UT Arlington, um, extremely effective shot blocker um, but offensively you know it's kind of just that guy run rim runner type guy uh jace febbers from texas obviously they bring him in only to shoot threes he just literally that's all he's there for yeah um juan roberts from houston rebounding off the bench i would come and he'll come in a game and just randomly get three straight offensive rebounds um and then bryson long another uh kind of a, a just a three-point shooter straight shooter i that's why i wanted to include him he has a hundred shot 132 threes to only 52 twos this year um and played 75 percent of the minutes and i told you about kim palm how they rate players by usage percentage uh he had he had the what is this ninth highest usage percentage on the team despite playing 75 percent of the minutes this season mm. pretty impressive that's like this played the second most minutes of anybody on the team and yeah. had one of the lowest usage percentages. So shout out Bryson Long as well. The next award we have, I'll let you run it through, run us through it. Cause I have all eight. I left all eight on there. I didn't cut to five. I left all eight candidates. So this is the Jackson and Wallace award named after the most exciting backcourt to never touch the NCAA tournament. Uh, Javon <laughs> Jackson and Keaton Wallace from UTSA. <laughs> uh so this goes to the most entertaining backcourt award um this one was a lot of fun because obviously as we as the name of the award shows there are a lot of fun backcourts in this in this state and not everyone gets to play in the big dance but we wanted a way to honor all of them uh the nominees are james akinjo and adam flagler from baylor mike miles and damian bow from tcu tyler perry and marjorie mcbride from unt carl pierre and travis evie from rice Mason Harrell and Caleb Asbury from Texas State, Jamal Bienemy and Sule Boom from UTEP, Kendrick Davis and Zach Nuttall from SMU, Kyler Edwards and Jamal Shedd from University of Houston. And 
this one was, you sent me a text, you said, cut three from this list. And I said, I could not cut three from this list. I, I could barely think of one. And I was like, ah, I don't, I, could, I couldn't get to three. And I was like, I can't even, it, it would feel wrong to cut from this list. So the winner, James Akinjo and Adam Flagg from Vegas. Um, if we wanted to, we could extend it to three and throw LJ Cryer in there too. Um, right. You know, when they were all healthy. But I think these two, when these two were clicking, I mean, you had the best point, best pure point guard in the state, probably, right? And then you had just somebody who knew a shooter, like the perfect combo guard partner to him, right? The shooter, slasher, can make plays, uh, decent defender too. Like, I don't know. I think they just complemented each other so well. I think that we kind of hoped Kendrick Davis and Zach Nuttall would be that. Obviously, Zach Nuttall really struggled in SMU. Kyler Edwards and Jamal Shedd took a little while, but they finally got going. Um, Mason Harrell, Caleb Asbury, I think was up there too. Um, Carl Pierre and Travis Evie, when they got going, you know, they were definitely yeah. exciting. Tyler Perry and Marjorie's McBride, like probably outside of Akinjo and Flagler, probably the best, or probably Miles and Bow, uh, the best two-way backcourt, um, yeah. I'd say. Mike Miles and Damian Ball, like, again, kind of took a little while to get going. Um, when they did, they were really exciting, but I, I don't know. Uh, Kinjo and Flagler, start to finish like just looked like the most in sync backcourt by far yeah even jamal Bienemy and sule boom i mean yeah. they're yeah. putting up a lot of points boom puts up 19 a game ben put up uh i believe it was i don't know what it was 11 12 a game around there so uh very difficult decision there to cut from eight to five which we were going to do which we did not end up doing right uh, because i was not going to take any of these players off i mean maybe like there's just no Zach Nuttall really didn't live up to you know what we sure. thought. If he plays at that even close to that San Houston State level, they probably win this award. Right, they probably make the NCAA tournament. But regardless, <laughs> regardless, um, that's all we have for the men's. Let's let's get to the women, which which has some really interesting ones here. Uh, the Charlie Collier Award. This is specifically the description I have is great post player who gets fed every time down. This was initially going to be like the highest usage percentage player. And then I just went straight Charlie Collier. You know, what would Charlie Collier do? Post player gets the ball every time. So the nominees are Queen Egbo from Baylor, Denesha Hood, Texas State, Star Jacobs, UT Arlington, Melissa Smith, Baylor, and Alicia Westbrook to AM Corpus Christi. This was very difficult. Yep. We went with. I think. Go, yeah, ahead. go ahead. Go ahead. The, the winner is Star Jacobs from UT Arlington. And I know Nalissa Smith is on the list. Mm-hmm. Star Jacobs is uh, more of that back to the basket post player that got a lot of touches. And field goal attempt wise, they were very, very similar in that way. Yeah. So I, I like Star Jacobs for the pick. I think when when you when you messaged me, it was like, okay, is this is this Star Jacobs? Like is, when we were trying to figure mm-hmm. out the winner, and I think the the funny part was like, yeah, because I think they should have gave Nelissa Smith the ball more. <laughs> like, exactly. It was, exactly. It was almost like I think the only time they, I don't know, the, it felt like whenever they needed a bucket, they would go to Star Jacobs, mm-hmm. and whenever Baylor needed a bucket it was kind of a 50-50 if they would give it to Nelissa Smith or if somebody would take a three. And so, yeah, I think that just for pure, again, the numbers may show that Nelissa, they handed, they gave the ball to Nelissa Smith a, a lot, but I don't know. 
it just shows, I don't know, again, how good she is that we thought that she should have got the ball. <laughs> and and the, the, the spirit of the award is a player that you watch and you're like, damn, they're feeding her in the post every single time. Right, yes. And a lot, so a lot of Nilis's catches came on the perimeter, you know, came as like a face-up type play, mm-hmm. came at the elbow. Denisha, yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, Star Jacobs was catching that thing in the post and putting it up on you and putting up 25 and 10 on your head. So for the record, uh, Star Jacobs has a 31.31.5 usage percentage to 30.7 for Nilisa Smith. So there you go. There it is. There you go. Um, I also think Denisha Hood from Texas State deserves to be on this nominated. She's probably third on this list. Mm -hmm. Um, Also because Queen Egbo didn't get the ball either. Um, And then, um, yeah, so that's the Charlie Collier Award. We'll continue to have that for years to come. Uh, the next award we have is Best Underrated Underclassman. Mm-hmm. And I, I I like the under alliteration there that I, I, I put. Best Underrated Underclassman. We have was six. that intentional or not? It was intentional. It was intentional. Okay. I'm very intentional with these awards. I was texting you at 1 a.m. while yeah, I was true. doing them. Um, we have six nominees here. All right, you can read these. You can read all okay. the underrated underclassmen. So we got Avery Brittingham from SFA. We got Bella Earl from ACU. We got Malia Fisher from Rice. Riley McKinney from Texas Tech. Leah Moore from Texas. And Jacqueline Moore from Incarnate Word, now of North Texas. Mm-hmm. So Who's the we give it to Jacqueline Moore, UIW. Balling out. And hopefully we'll get to see her ball out a lot in Conference USA now. But... For a team that uh, kind of struggled this year, she didn't. Until they didn't. Until they until didn't struggle. Until they didn't. That is very true. That is very true. And uh, she puts up 17 points per game, which is obviously the most on this list by a lot because of the roles that the others played. But, I mean, I still – I mean, I think this is underrated in terms of us and also because of, obviously, the conference that – UIW's in and just the, sure. the setting like we mm-hmm. wouldn't know about Jacqueline Moore um Aaliyah Moore was definitely probably more talked about on this pod than Jacqueline Moore so um yeah but all these all these underclassmen I've felt good about putting on this list and that's why we had six instead of five again because I did not feel like cutting all of them Riley McKinney Fisher Earl Brittingham all deserve to be on this list and are all going to be really 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 good Another high usage player. I think she was fourth in the Southland with a 30% usage rate for UIW. Um, let me see. She also did not turn the ball over. One thing I noticed was she has, a, I think she was second in offensive uh, turnover rate, which is great. And yeah, just, I mean, you, you texted me and you were like, should we just include Jocelyn Moore here? And I was like, I, I think so. Cause like, yeah, we hadn't until really the end, I think the end of the, uh, uh, when we did our transfer portal episode, uh, we hadn't really talked about her and she was filling it up like very few players in the state were. Yeah. I texted you that. I was like, Oh, I was like, should we include Jacqueline Moore? And and you're like, yeah. And then I was like, should she win it? Yeah. I was <laughs> like, about to say, yeah. You were like, damn, she has 17 points. Again. <laughs> like, like we had, we had a Liam Moore initially, but yeah. then I'm like, I mean, she's just as underrated and tech. I mean, she puts up 17 like a game it, on a team that made the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I think like the interesting part about this award was like, it could have, at any point of the season, it really could have gone to any, but like Riley McKinney started the season insanely great. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she kind of obviously came back down to earth. You couldn't really expect that from her and her technically her true, her real freshman season. Yeah. Um, Avery Brittingham was basically a, a huge, huge player for SFA uh, both last year and this year. 
and yeah, again, you probably would have taken chosen her to take a leap forward. Um, she was still really good for them, but yeah, different points of the season, you probably could have looked at like a lot of these players and thought. I mean, Malia Fisher mm-hmm. was um, extremely efficient, really, really good for Rice. Yeah. Um, over there, just when I, again, when I was doing my research for all these awards, I was like, oh, snap, like this Malia mm-hmm. Fisher girl was filling it up over there. Um, yeah. And Bella Earl, shout out Denton Geyer. Uh, at Abilene Christian, uh, had a, I think she won freshman of the week once or twice. So, yeah. All right. The next award is the Audrey Warren award. We, we don't even have any other nominees here. There's only one nominee yep. and there's one winner and she goes by the name of Audrey Warren. So Audrey, come on up and get the Audrey Warren award. Congratulations. <laughs> um, so we, we, we actually, we were trying to figure out like what to like, name or not to, like a description for this award because basically I was like what if we just had a hustle award right like somebody who isn't the most flashy player but somebody you're not going to bench and somebody that provides something that nobody else does and then you were just like just just do the art like because I, I remember like basically I wanted an award for Audrey Warren and what yeah. she did and then you were like well what about just the Audrey Warren award and I was like <laughs> that, actually, that actually makes sense and so yeah, like we're, you know, this is kind of the way of, of giving her this award because I don't know anyone else in the state the past two years that does what she does at the rate that she does that can't be benched. Like Texas cannot win without her on the floor, basically. She's guarding the best players. She's often one of the best rebounders. She can still shoot the ball decently. I think she mm-hmm. shot, uh, a pretty, uh, she doesn't shoot often, but she shot a pretty, when she did shoot, she shot a pretty good percentage. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's, I'm gonna miss watching Audrey Warren play um, because she was, she is phenomenal in what she does. Similar to, kind of like if, if to me, if Brock Cunningham had a jump shot, <laughs> this is exactly what I was gonna say. She's like a souped-up version of Brock Cunningham. Yeah, she's just a better version should, of Brock. We Cunningham. should probably start calling Brock Cunningham a poor version of a poor man's version of Audrey Warren. To be honest, that's gonna that's gonna be the uh, the. <laughs> Yeah, no. Okay. Um, <laughs> next award we have is the must watch award, mm-hmm. uh, basically for obviously the most exciting women's basketball player. Uh, the nominees are Vivian Gray, Texas Tech, Quincy Noble, North Texas, Rory Harmon, Texas, Stephanie Vischer, SFA, and Kayla Wells, Texas A&M. The winner is Stephanie Vischer from Stephen F. Austin. Um, to me, this was pretty straightforward. You can throw in maybe Gray and Harmon, uh, but even Harmon at times, you know, in, in conference play, they started throwing more bodies at her and everything. Vischer was just a train that just rolled through anything in her path and does everything on both sides of the ball. So great player, fun to watch. Stephanie Vischer wins the must-watch award. Yeah, I no issues with this one at all. This, Like you mentioned, if you, if you kind of block out the middle part of the season, Rory Harmon's probably one of the favorites to probably the mm-hmm. favorite to win this, but start to finish. I mean, Stephanie Vischer, ball handling, defending, shooting, driving to the rim. Like you're not going to watch anybody in the state that does everything at the rate that she does. I mean, you look at all of her percentiles, she's in the upper, basically upper quarter of the, in the entire nation of almost everything. Um, and yeah, I when they needed when they needed more playmaking this year, she kind of stepped up that role for herself. And she, yeah, when I saw her in person against AM, you're just like watching a player that's just like 
smooth in everything she does. Mm-hmm. And I feel like anybody who watches her will just learn more about the game just by watching her individually. There you go. All right, that's all we have for the women's awards. Uh, we have three team awards now. Mm-hmm. Now it's just rubbed his hands. Birdman and I guess he's, he's ready now. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's plotting on these, these awards. He's ready. Um, the first one, I, we, we couldn't figure out what to call it. Um, season of runs, most inconsistent. Did we settle on anything? I, I think I think most inconsistent. Okay, let's do it. We're, we're kind of we're just kind of beating around the bush of what to call it. It's like we got to just call it what we're, no, what we're calling. We don't want to sugarcoat anything right. here on this podcast. We keep it very straightforward. Uh, most inconsistent team of the 2021-2022 season. Yeah. The nominees are North Texas Women, Rice Men, AM Men, Texas Tech Women, and TCU Men. If you listen to this podcast, this one this one shouldn't be that hard. <laughs> the winner is the Texas Tech women. What what an incredible year from them. I mean, you go game by game if you just look through it. They have impressive wins and then just jaw-dropping losses. And they were healthy even for the end. Of- Vivian Gray was back. Yeah. I mean, obviously Bramber Scott was in and out, which which sucked, but like Vivian Gray was back, which was the concern at the beginning of the season. And then they just never quite turned it around. So I don't know if you have the schedule in front of you, but yeah, I do. I say they, they had beginning of the year, they had overtime win against Lamar. Uh, They blew out, but then they blew out Texas state when Texas state, when we thought Texas state was really, really good. Um, Still good. Yeah. Then they lose to old dominion. They lose, they had a decent loss against a close loss against Georgia, Georgia and LSU um relatively you know lsu was about 14 but still um and then they lose to oklahoma not bad then they beat texas by 13 then they lose oklahoma state west virginia then they beat kansas state by like 20 <laughs> and then they lose one two three four five six seven straight and then they beat oklahoma by 10 there you go there it is <laughs> so just all over the place uh in there's also an eight point loss to baylor again not a bad loss at all mm-hmm. But then, like, they get creamed by Iowa State by 21. They have a, a five-point loss to Texas in there, so they're really – they're close again. I Very frustrating. I don't know. Like, this is – again, if you listen to this podcast, we've talked, we've talked about how this team plays up to their competition and then plays down to their competition. Yes. Um, they finished well, – what did they finish in the Big 12? They finished – they finished 11 and 19 overall – four and 15 in the big 12 and this if you just look at this team's on paper you're probably thinking this is a team that probably should be 500 in the big 12 um i think think that's what we had them going at some point i mean early in the before the year so so yeah uh, definitely the most inconsistent uh i think there's a the other nominees are actually pretty good on this list with the Mm -hmm. rice men beating uab falling apart tcu men getting hot late obviously uh a and m men winning four Winning four to start the SEC, losing eight, and then winning four, and then we'll go into the NIT championship. That's pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the uh, North Texas women, where they started, they were just on and off and throughout conference play. So yeah, yeah. Congratulations to the Texas Tech women on the award. We'll we'll <laughs> let us know who who to send it to. Give us the <laughs> give us the uh, the address. We'll send it over. On the one that oh, oh I I just thought of a great way to do that award you send half the award 
and then you wait like a month and then you send the other half. <laughs> send the other half. And it's like broken a little bit. It's not quite as good as the first half. You're just like, It'll fit together eventually, but like we'll send, we just send the pieces like weeks apart. Yeah. <laughs> like a puzzle. Put it together yourself. Um, all right. Next award is the Iron Five Award. And the, the only description I have here is the team that felt like they never subbed. The nominees are the UT Arlington women, the Baylor women, the Texas State men, the AM Corpus Christi women, and the SMU men. And the winner, to no surprise, is the Baylor women. So um, if, if you listen to the podcast, like we just said, if you listen to this podcast, you know Baylor women basically had seven scholarship players this entire season behind injuries and other things that happened. Mm-hmm. And then they were pretty much down to six. And that's pretty much all they played the season with yep. is those five plus one. And shout so I think, I think UT Arlington's women had, had a shout here as well, just because every time I watched them, it felt like they had the same five players on the, on the court with, um, with Claire Chastain, Katie Farrell, Star Jacobs, Taryn Milton, you know, go down mm-hmm. the list. But I think this was pretty, pretty straightforward. Yeah. No, shout out Caitlin Bickle. Uh, she, if we had an if we had an Iron Woman award for like the player who like it didn't matter what they needed she was she had to be the player that they put in it was like we need defense Caitlin Bickle we need rebounding Caitlin we need shooting Caitlin it just didn't matter what they needed she had to be the one that came on the floor um, yeah I mean this one this one wasn't wasn't hard like partially due to probably Nikki Collins roster building it uh, uh, um, transition type thing. Transition, I don't know. I, I guess, but like, also it's like, I don't know, like just go get the, I don't know. It's the transfer portal. You're Baylor. Just go get somebody. Exactly. Yeah. Um, what a weird year. Yeah. Like I'm looking at it right now. So Jamie Asbury and Alyssa Smith, Jordan Lewis and Sarah Andrews all played over 31 minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, and they all started. Honestly, this is, I'll get, I'll give Baylor credit for this. Credit to their strength and, strength and conditioning program because Jamie Asbury, Nalissa Smith, Jordan Lewis, Sarah Andrews, Queen Agbo, Caitlin Bickle all played all 35 games. Jaden Owens was the only one that missed three. And that is it. That is nuts. That is insane. New award. New award. <laughs> Best strength and conditioning coach. Baylor women's. Come yes, on up by far. Like that is, I, I, I just realized that they played all 35 games. Six players played all the hands up. Like I got, I got not like, you know, credit to them. That is a master class of strength and conditioning because that is almost unheard of right now <laughs> like yeah, exactly. in today's game. Um, Texas state men, I think had a deserved a shout in this as well. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not for nothing there, you know, they always have the same four and then the center, um, between Caesar and Martin would kind of yeah. come in and out. But I mean, I think that's pretty good five. Um, but yeah, congratulations to the Baylor women. Hopefully yeah. you get a couple more scholarship players on, on the team. I was about to say, let's not run that back. Let's yeah, not let's, run that one back. <laughs> this is, this is, these, are, these are not great awards right now. So far on the team side, we're still going to send them. But um, the final award, I'll let you introduce this one. Yeah. So this one's the most unique team of the season. Maybe we'll come up with an award for this one, but this one was kind of a, I don't know. It's hard to like really define what, what this award meant. It was just kind of like, when you watch this team, you're like, there's no other team like this. Right. Um, And there's, there's not like one category for this. So we'll describe uh, kind of our thought process. Our nominees are North Texas men, Sam Houston men, Texas A&M women, the Baylor women, the Texas tech men, 
and the Texas State men. And each unique in their own way, whether it's style of play, uh, players, uh, type of players, age of players, <laughs> um, whatever. We went with North Texas men because the more the more we talked about or described this team, the more we realized there's really one no team like this in the country almost. Um, you have the slowest pace in the country. You have one of the best defenses in the country. Your best player is a sixth man. <laughs> Mm-hmm. you have who's like yeah, five nine who's like five nine who i didn't have as the best player heading into the year um or at least the go-to guy heading into the year you have a head coach who probably probably thought it was going to leave at the end of the yeah. year he's sticking around um yeah i don't and then you had a team that also lost a lot and i didn't expect them to, to run it back more or less and they did and yeah Three of their, I believe it's three of their starters did not have a scholarship out of high school. Like they're consists of JUCO players. Yep. I mean, I I just this was the most, and I, I don't even say this as a North Texas like alum or whatever, but like the team just was weird, absolutely weird. <laughs> and like la- the last couple of years, teams North Texas teams they were slow. Sure. And they played defense, but they made sense. Like you had Javion Hamlet, James Reese, Zach Simmons. Like you were like, all right, this, this team makes sense. This yeah. team, not to say, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but like you were just like, what is this team? And yeah. I watched every single game and I was still left the season. Like how did they just go 25 and six or whatever they went? Like, how did they just do that? I have, I have no idea. So credit to McCaslin and all of them for making it work, but what a unique team and also they were awful at free throw shooting oh yeah i forgot about that yep <laughs> they're like yep. one of the worst teams in the country in yep. free throw shooting um but yeah like last year you watch the team and you watch the tempo and you're like okay if you have jv on hamlet you're okay like walking the ball up the court letting him do his thing get a floater in the lane cool right because you know you're going to shut somebody down um on the other side this one yeah you didn't have that iso dude that's just like you know Tyler Perry has one shot. It's going to be a step back three yeah. and he's going to hit it. But yeah. like he has one move when the game's on the line and he hits it every time. Um, and they're a good three, they were a good three point shooting team too. Like they defended the three. Well, like I mentioned, awful at three points sh- after awful at free throw shooting. I don't know. Weird team all around. Um, but a good team, obviously a good team, but just one that when you tried to nail down the things they did well, you realize you're na- you're like picking like 20 different things at once. It was like, yeah, exactly. slow pace defense. Oddly good shooting, weirdly bad free throws, you know, just like yes. all these different things. Yes, exactly. Um, I think the other teams on this were pretty interesting. Obviously, Texas A&M women just with the weird season that they had where they had like all these good guards and right. couldn't put it together. Uh, Sam to, Houston, to great. Yeah, Sam Houston State uh, men with the, the shooting that they had. I mean, they beat New Mexico State by like 30. Speaking I remember of free throw shooting. Yeah, and then they were awful free throw shooting, but they also had Savion Flag. Uh, Baylor women, like we talked about, like seven players. Texas Tech was probably the oldest team in the country. I didn't look this up, but, I mean, they literally have, if you look at their roster, it's like 23, 23, 24, 24, like just old, old team. And so I think they had to be on this list. And then I think Texas State men was kind of just a throw-in addition, but I think that they were very unique in their own way with their experience, their pace, and uh, kind of how they played this year. So, mm-hmm. 
yeah, that's that's it. We will send. I'll. I'll you can hand deliver North Texas their award. You're right there. Right so there. You can just go up, take a picture with with Grant, <laughs> most unique team. He'll probably knowing knowing McCaslin, he'll probably take that. Oh, he'll definitely take it. It'll be in his. It'll be in his office. Team. Yeah. Hell yeah, we're the most unique team in the country. <laughs> like we we gotta we gotta figure out a way. We gotta get like a. We need a 3D printer. That's what we need. No, that, that's something. That's, 3D printer that, and then just print out the 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 we, we can figure something out. We can figure something out. Hold on. If you're listening to this, teams, check your mailbox in about three to four weeks. You might have something for you. You might just see a picture. You might just get a bust of Mark Vital SMU. Like you might just get Mark Vital's head in the mail. In his Chiefs uniform. So yeah. <laughs> no, it's like Travis Kelsey's body with Mark Vital's head. Uh, on it. oh it. no i just got a piece of timely news audrey warren is also transferring oh the audrey uh, warren award curse we're about to we're probably gonna have to do another transfer portal episode so oh yeah so, we got, we'll do that we gotta do that on like thursday or friday oh man so there yeah uh danny davis tweeted out now that there are no players who played under karen aston at texas right now so. wow that's that's interesting. In two years, it's a, it's a oh. wipeout. Oh, Audrey Warren, we're trying to give we're... you an award here. <laughs> Just let us know. Let us know what school's next so we can send it stay, to you. Stay in state so we can deliver you the award. Yeah, stay in state so you can win this award again. <laughs> <laughs> we need you to defend your title. I don't even know what. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. Huh, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Uh, like you said, we'll do a uh, transfer portal podcast probably on Thursday or Friday. Yeah. But that concludes... That concludes the first annual Dave Campbell's Texas Basketball Award Show. Um, for Ishmael Johnson, I'm Matthew Bruni. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You know where to follow us at DCT Basketball. Um, leave us a five star rating and review if you enjoyed the episode. Uh, check out, man, just keep, we'll, we'll, like I said, we'll have a Transfer Portal podcast up in the coming days. So check that out. But thank you all for joining us, and we'll talk to you all later.